0: what is up everybody and welcome to the gina bianca podcast today i am so honored to have monet everett author celebrity hairstylist educator and the founder of the texture style awards this interview is amazing i can't wait for you guys to get to know her it was a pleasure getting to know her and hear about everything that she's doing she is so amazing and she is totally elevating the beauty industry i hope you enjoy Hey, everybody, I am Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast. I'm so honored today to get to speak with Monet Everett. I found her on Clubhouse. We actually did an event together too. And I found her and I'm just like, she's dope. I want to talk to her and have her on the podcast and hear her story. She is a celebrity hairstylist, author, educator. And I'm looking on her website and just looking at her work. She's multi-talented, incredible, like, just an amazing, amazing artist. And I'm so grateful for her to share her story with us. Monet, welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast.
1: Gina, thank you so much for having me. I mean, there is nowhere else I'd rather be right now.
0: It's my pleasure. Thanks for making the time for me. I'm so excited. And I'm just really excited to introduce you to my audience. I love to interview people. We haven't, I really never did interviews. Um, I would just like sit here and talk to the microphone for like hours and hours. And it's been like the, it's been so fun. And I even said, I'm like, I wish I could podcast full time because it's so fun to just get to know people At, at this level. I feel like through a DM, it's like, you know, here and there, but like talking to someone at length for like, you know, an hour and just getting to know their story has just been so so great and it's just been so fun for me so thank you again for making the time
1: happy to be here
0: Awesome. So you you have done so much. Like there's just so you have so many talents. You're so incredible. Like I see on your website grooming, red carpet, hair and makeup. And when you go through, there's like these gorgeous editorial. And this is like the farthest away thing from that I do and that I'm familiar with. Like I it would take me 42 years to do anything for the red carpet. And I would have a panic attack and probably pass out. So (laughs) I would love to hear just like you share with us who you are, what you do. And then I I just want to hear your story as far back. Back as you want to go, and then, you know, we we'll just chat.
1: Absolutely. So I am blessed that I fell in love with beauty at a really early age. Um, it was not something that was really championed in my family. Like, nobody really got why I would want to be involved in beauty, you know. Um, my grandmother and my guidance counselor conspired. To not allow me to take cosmetology in high school. They said cosmetology was only for the dumb girls. And my um, promise was too high. They wanted it better for me. And I just never really got that. I, I loved it. I was always so opinionated about beauty. And people would say, if you can't do better, you shouldn't say anything. I was like, I think with a little training, you know, I could Do better because, you know, 20 years ago, E! Red Carpet wasn't a thing. There were not all of these shows. It was like Joan Rivers here and there, but it wasn't that big of a thing. So when it came down to it and I could graduate high school my junior year, all of a sudden it was like, hey, didn't you want to take cosmetology? Yeah. So I did cosmetology my senior year in high school, my freshman year in college. But I'll tell you, I thought that I was only going to be involved in beauty to get myself through college I didn't think that I would be able you know to make a career out of it all I knew about cosmetology was working in a salon or a spa and I knew that that wasn't going to be my life it wasn't what I wanted so my senior year in college I learned about um, runway shows and celebrity hairstyling and stuff like I didn't know I didn't know that when a model was on a magazine cover she had a hairstylist do her hair I I just because it was something that was so far out of my purview. I just assumed, like, she went the day before and got her hair done and then, you know, showed up at the photo shoot and they took some pictures. Um, But no, of course, that's not the truth. So I um, graduated college, walked across the stage and gave my mom, like, here are the degrees I'm, I'm staying in beauty much to my family's chagrin they're like you know i thought you went to school and you would do something better and i'm like i'm always so offended by that i'm like cosmetology is geometry chemistry uh psychology it's 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 a tough career it's it's not something that's easy that you know someone just gave us this license
0: and it's a business.
1: Yeah, it's a I did business. business. Like there's so many different um, career paths and specialties that are an absolute base level requirement for cosmetology, but the rest of the world, you know, doesn't see it that way. So um, every now and again, still to this day, they're like, yeah, I saw you did somebody's hair, but when are you going to get back in radio or TV? When, when are you, you know, like they just, Don't get it. Um, You know, 90% of the world doesn't get the option for higher education. So, you know, I get that. But I digress. I always like to include that part because so many people reach out to me and they're like, my family doesn't support me. And I'm like, my family is still learning at 20 years in a game. They're they're still learning to support me. God didn't give them your vision. Even after everything that you've accomplished. Yeah, I would say maybe... Five years ago, they kind of got it, but it's still like a trained experience to understand that what I'm saying is a big deal, you know?
0: And I love what you said. God didn't give them your vision. They didn't. And it's it's hurtful. You want everybody
1: to get what you're doing. You want everybody to celebrate what you're given. But hell, do you know what they do at their job? Do you know how hard they work to get there? Do you know the sacrifice? Like, you, you just don't, you know? So- Well, anyway,
0: that quote is like, I could sit and think about that quote for a couple hours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, So in this, I have a very support overall supportive family, but they simply, this is not something they get and then I have to remember somebody had to tell me I didn't get it either. If I didn't work in this industry, I wouldn't know, you know? Um, So I really started focusing, like I went in a salon, um, for some years and I managed the salon and, you know, uh, I was really big on education. I became, um, I worked for a brand as an educator for a very short while. And when that didn't work out, I was forced to pay more attention to my dreams. I was forced to say, okay, God, I, I thought I was going to graduate college and move to New York. And I didn't because. The work was starting to go well where I lived in um, right outside of D.C. in northern Virginia. And I think that I was just so hard headed and following my dream that God let it all fall apart. Literally in the same week of Christmas, I had gotten this beautiful two floor apartment a few months prior. Um, that week, my landlord called me and said, hey, thank you so much for being ahead of time on your rent. But I've had some issues. So I didn't pay mortgage. So you got to get out. And this was the week of christmas and then i got a call from that brand new brand that i was working for and i had been there three months as well and they were like hey basically we have decided that everybody we hired during this time period we're laying off then the boyfriend that i was with that asked me hey why don't we move in and get engaged When I cried to him about this, all of this is the week of Christmas. He said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Maybe we should break up because you're going through a lot.
0: Holy shit. So everything was just falling apart.
1: Everything all in the same week of of Christmas. it, It all fell apart. And of course, in hindsight, I look back and I say, God said, you know, you were getting too comfortable and this is not your path. So I still hung around in DC for a while, trying to figure it out for about a year. And I continued to do photo shoots. I continued to do runway shows. I continued to, um, you know, get referrals. And then I eventually moved to New York and it was, it was a really difficult move. I was uh, misled to think that I was a, a New Yorker because I was born in New York. I had lived in New York for some years as a child and I would always go back and visit. And then I would get jobs in New York so I thought I am a New Yorker, girl. When I moved to New York, I learned I am nobody's New Yorker. <laughs> I I was like a half a step up from a tourist, you know. So it it, it was um, astounding the things that I needed to learn, and it was it it was um, not easy. But I made it when I first moved to New York. Oh my god, it was it was so awesome, and I was so booked all the time, and I was just like. Yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then all of it came to a stop. And I had to completely reassess my entire career, um, my gifts. Should I be here? And, you know, just restart. And I'm sharing these these things with you that I don't normally share because it's come to my attention. People think like I was born into this great hairdressing family. And I'm like, nah, that, that that wasn't it. No, I've worked really hard. I've been at it for 20 years. And it's a lot of ups and downs. A lot of people don't discuss the struggles that they have had, but it's 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 all about how are you going to get past those struggles and still get on your path? Because everybody's got struggles. Everybody's got pain. You better find a way to work around it.
0: Totally. I like I just wrote down a few things that you said. Um and there are just a few things that like I think about all the time, like how you said God was saying, I, God felt I was getting too comfortable and this isn't the path you should be on. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when things mm-hmm. are falling apart, it's like, you know, rejection is God's protection or rejection yes. is just redirection mm-hmm. because sometimes when you think you have everything that you need, it's just, you're on the wrong path. And like, yeah, there I, is a path. Absolutely. I believe Absolutely. there is a path for all of us. And if it's not working out, might be time to take a take a different look at things, right?
1: Yep. Had I stayed there, you know, I would have been in a job that sucked with a guy that sucked. Yeah, and, no. You know, maybe either living together or as my husband. And I am not married. But one thing I do know is that if you marry the wrong person, you are creating a lot more struggle for yourself.
0: Yeah, totally. Than you
1: intended.
0: Wow. <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear that, but somebody listening is just like, damn it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, somebody, somebody listening knows that, um, far too well, you know, the wrong people in your corner will pull you in the wrong direction.
0: Absolutely. And I love that you just like, well, I don't love that this happened to you, but it kind of happens to a lot of people in the hairdressing industry where you're not supported as much as you want to be, or how you said you, cosmetology school was for the dumb girls like that. That I wrote down elevate the beauty industry because it just goes back to my mission and I like repeat it over and over and over about elevate the beauty industry but it's like what does that mean well one day I hope that when someone says I want to go to hair school their family is just like yes you must yes yes you know yes, what I yes. mean like you must go like it's you'll like to make great money to have a beautiful career like this industry is amazing is it easy no yeah it's easy nope. to honestly... No the
1: career is. Yeah. It's,
0: it's you know, you can go to hairdressing school and then it is what you make it. You know, you can take your cosmetology license and do so much with it. And I feel like I'm a great example of that. You're a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Of like with a cosmetology license, like look how far you can go. And it has yeah. a lot to do with like who you are to push through that. And I just love it. So c- continue. I mean, this is great. love it.
1: Thank you. It's, uh, yeah, I have done things that I never thought were possible. Like, for example, when I first got on Instagram after moving to New York, I had like 200 followers. And a woman contacted me from Kuwait and she wanted to get a makeover. She had seen my work and she had seen me in magazines and I thought it was a total scam. Like Kuwait and you're coming here in eight months and you want to do a photo shoot Then, Well, call me in eight months when you're in New York. And she followed up. She booked me for the shoot. She had me to put it together. And I just thought it was going to be like one of those overseas scams. But she came to New York. She was absolutely awesome. I worked with her every time she came to New York for a few years. And then the very first time I left the country was to go to Kuwait. Wow. Unbelievable. Like, I, I never had any plans on going to Kuwait. And, you know, some years later, I was here doing a photo shoot and... Um, my agent called me and was like, hey, can you get someone to come to the photo shoot you're at and cover it for you? And I'm like, "Uh, no, that'd be difficult. They're like, well, I need you on a plane to London in five hours. So I need you to find someone to cover you, leave this shoot, go home, get packed, and be on this flight in five hours to go and do hair for the BAFTA Awards, which is like London's version of the Oscars. Wow. that was something that i never dreamed of i didn't even know you could dream to do this you know so i've done so many amazing things i've worked in new zealand my skills have taken me to new zealand to work new zealand london canada um kuwait i think those that's the list of my countries right now but when i thought about going out of the country i never those were never on the list like thought about going to the caribbean like not new zealand you know just didn't
0: even think of that I love it and I love that you said your skills brought you like you're very talented like your work like I I can't even say this enough Monet like I can't even do a freaking braid properly and to see your styling skills like to see like what you put on covers like it's super impressive like just your skill set and your work like and I just think it's amazing like how did you get there how did you get to that level My
1: first book, Stunning Braids, was on braided hairstyles. And the funny thing I tell people is I got founded by a publisher on YouTube because I have a few hundred videos on YouTube and they wanted me to make a diverse book on hair braiding. But it was really funny because I didn't learn how to braid until I was in cosmetology school. So people assume Black girls know how to braid. I'm like, well, one, not all of us, and two... I learned it in cosmetology. Like, thank God someone taught me. So to me, it's so funny that my first book is on braided styles. And, you know, I've been really blessed. I've worked with a lot of uh, top celebrities like Mariah Carey, Denai Gurira, Taraji P. Henson, a lot of the Disney girls like um, Lizzie Green and, um, oh my God, Navia Robinson from Raven's Home. So it's so funny, like names just jumping in and out of my head. And one of my main clients right now is Dominique Fishback, who's the leading lady in Judas and the Black Messiah and Brittany Howard, who I styled for the Grammys two year in a row. She just took home her sixth Grammy. I think it was like her 16th nomination. Like this world is awesome. And I am really big on diversity, like having diverse skill sets, doing diverse hairstyling, um, being around diverse people to understand diverse beauty. And, you know, I I love this conversation um, because I don't think linearly and we're going back and forth. I hope hope the fellow hairstylist here listening can follow. Um, Yeah, so I wrote my second book, Get Out of Your Own Way, because I thought about so many things I didn't know. And then I would ask people, and they would tell me the wrong thing, so I would do things the wrong way and then have to make up for it. So a lot of my career was spent making up for making, um, following the not best options, making up for not doing things the best way. You know, I always tell a joke. It's like I'm um, going to the starting line of a race and the, um, the gun goes off to tell you to run. And accidentally running in the wrong direction and then getting like halfway there, like, oh, crap, wrong way. Oh, but the rest of the race kept going. So now you got to catch up to them. You know, it, it's not easy.
0: Yeah. Now that happened to you a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, no one knew what celebrity hairstyling was. And since I didn't know who to ask when I start when I was working in Northern Virginia, my assumption, you know, that word assumption was, uh, okay, well, if you're working at the salon, ask a salon owner. Of course they know about runway shows and celebrity hair salon. They had no, no idea. I mean, no. I don't.
0: I don't know anything about that. You know what I mean? When it comes to that kind of stuff. So if my artist came to me, I would try to link them up with a mentor.
1: Yes, well, I was never told about a mentor. I was told things that just weren't correct. And I think that it was of kind heart. They, they just assumed, oh, this must be the same thing as getting a a salon and it's absolutely not. And also it's, I was in Northern Virginia, you know, I wasn't in a major metropolitan, like, um, New York, LA, Chicago, even Miami, they just had no idea what to do. And then I would, make my own assumptions about how to reach out to people. And I would like totally reach out to the wrong people and say the wrong things at at the wrong times and stuff, because there wasn't really anybody out there giving information like that. So um, I wrote Get Out of Your Own Way because I really wanted to lead people in the right direction so that they would have any ideas. And the, the full title is Get Out of Your Own Way, 25 Insider Tips for Booking Celebrity Hairstyling Classes. There are no I am unfamiliar with any other books out there that really focus on, okay, this is what you do and and how to do it. These are the steps that you need to take uh, to draw attention to your work.
0: Amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm like reading on, because I have your book up right in front of me too. It looks amazing. And so for somebody who wants to do celebrity hair, who wants to be on the red carpet, who wants to be at the Grammys, who wants to be, um, you know, booking these celebrity clients, that would be a good place for them to start.
1: Absolutely. Because I walk through step by step. I, um, the things that you need to do and I give antidotes like, okay, this is what happened when I tried it. And you know, this is what I would tell you. So I, not only do I tell you how to do it, I tell you what happens when I did it the wrong way. Amazing. And, and how to avoid doing it the wrong way so that you can do it, you know, the right way. Some examples that I talk about are, you know, basic stuff from how to prepare your kid, all the way up to the hairstyling skills you need to have and then you know more detailed stuff that a lot of us just don't know like when not to talk a lot of times in the salon it's it's our party it's our show they follow our rules it is absolutely not that way in um entertainment you are always beating to someone else's drum following their rules um I even talk about ways to change up your work like if you're in a salon a lot of times hairstylists will say it takes me an hour to complete that style right but they're not counting the time it takes for the client to come in to greet the client, to shampoo the client condition the client um the converse the consultation the set work and the checkout you get what i'm saying and when you time that minute to minute it's usually closer to two hours but i know working in entertainment My timing consists from when that client walks in the door to when they walk out. I am responsible for all of that, yet um, I can't tell them sit down and shut up and get done what I want to do. So I've learned proper communication skills to guide them into what I need them to do and make them feel really good about every step of the process. I've learned how to adapt my work. So if I really need an hour for that, but they've decided to take a phone call for 20 minutes of that. I'm, I'm, I'm clear that I now have 40 minutes and for the most part, I have the skill set to accommodate that. I have been doing this long enough that I've created a lot of if then's okay if they do this then I'll do that if I don't have time to do this then I'll do that if they come here I'll um use these products these products take less time to dry and I don't have a hooded dryer to sit them under you know and while we're doing this is usually a nice little dance while makeup is working at the same time and you know they're trying to eat their um food
0: wow yeah I would be really stressed out (laughs) oh yeah you start off stressed out and then
1: you learn how to work and then you work through the stress and you know I learned to look for the physical signs of my stress and I think mine show by my entire body stiffening to the Mm. point where it starts to hurt and I'm literally um, telling myself Monet relax your muscles, unclench your teeth put your shoulders down work through yeah It can be fun. But, you know, the larger the the gamble, the larger the payoff. You know, it's wonderful to see my work go down runways. It's wonderful to see my work being photographed. It's wonderful to see someone that other people revere respecting my work. Um, So that is a driving force for me. And, you know, there was a time where I said, I don't know if this is worth it and if this is what I want to be, but. I started to attract a lot of clients with curly and kinky, coily hair, and that was never my specialty. But what happened is there are so many hairstylists that just refuse to do curly hair and kinky, coily hair. So they would, for lack of better explanation, take the more sought after models on runway shows, the more sought after um, talent for the TV shows and those entertainers and the entertainers with curly hair and kinky coily hair were just really left with um, slimmer pickings. So I started to attract a lot of curly and kinky coily uh, clients. And I also started to attract a lot of these clients who wanted to use their hair for political statements on the red carpet who wanted to say okay we're not going to straighten my hair we're not going to do any form of heat on my hair and my reason is i want young girls that look like me to see their natural beauty so what can you do with the hair on my head with no heat and it was like i'm a hairstylist heat is like my go-to there's always a hot tool a blow dryer this that and the other So it stretched me and made me use my years of education differently. I always valued education. So I don't think a month goes by that I don't take some type of class. Um, And now that we have so many virtual options, I'm able to take even more online at home. But I always knew education was super important. And so it it allowed me to stretch my skill set. It allowed me to learn how to do different things and really push myself and I love the political statement that my clients were making I didn't know that my skills could do that I didn't know that my skills could say um have one of the first actresses with natural hair walk down the red carpet and get photographed for Vogue that's amazing yeah I just didn't know that um so many magazines, for example, were lacking, um, showing black women or women of color with uh curly hair or kinky coily hair. And I didn't realize until like I was sneaking into Twitter and different chat rooms and see young women who were far removed from the beauty industry saying, Oh my God, I hate my natural hair, but this celebrity that you work with, you know, Dominique Fishback or, um, God, there's a few others whose names are just not jumping in my head. I've been really blessed to work with a lot of people. Um, like, oh, my God, I never thought it was pretty, but I saw this person on the red carpet. And darn it, the next time I go somewhere formal, I'm going to wear my natural hair. I'm not going to straighten it. And well, it's it inspires just beautiful.
0: women. Yeah, it inspires women, men and women, everybody, you know, it inspires everybody to just love themselves and be who they are. And, you know, it it is like, a, you know... <sighs> how you said like to not, to not even have to use heat, like there's such a way that we do things. And it's, it's great that you're, you've been able to use your art and your skills to like change those things and to make that statement. It's beautiful.
1: Absolutely. And curly hair has always been something that, um, most people, it just wasn't popular to where I remember TV shows saying, Oh my God, men don't like curly hair. And I remember what a big deal it was us when Sarah Jessica Parker was on sex in the city and she started wearing her hair curly and I always say that there's more in common with hair than not because when I speak to Latin women when I speak to white women with curly hair they're having the same struggles of I don't know what to do with my curly hair and it's been misled that it's this black thing about curly hair and kinky hair and I'm like no our um our um society doesn't celebrate um curly and kinky coily hair enough everybody for the most part in our society up until the last 10 years thought they weren't good enough unless they straightened their hair you know so um that's another thing to me I'm like no we're not secretly Talking race hair, when I talk about my love for curly hair and kinky, coily hair, I'm very much discussing hair texture. A lot of times people try to categorize hair by race. And I'm like, you can't. There's four hair textures. Straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and kinky, coily hair. It's just There's not about th- that. No, it's it's just not about race at all. And I'm like, guys, we have so much more in common with hair than not. We've listened to media or picked up on nonverbal cues that said we're all so different. We're not, we're not that different.
0: No, you're absolutely right. It's not that different. And it's, um, you know, it's important to know how to, how to take care of all textures of hair, because, you know, for me, When I was first starting out in beauty school, um, we learned about all the different hair textures and I got a lot of guests of all different ethnicities and I was able to do their hair. And, you know, when I was in the salon, my girls would like get nervous to be like, but I don't know, you know, a young woman would come in and they would have like super, um, you know, coarse hair. And I'm just like, but it's just hair.
1: It's like just you have hair. to
0: remember that it's hair and we know how to work with it. And like, you almost Absolutely. Just have to calm down. And I think a lot of the time they just don't want to make a mistake, but the yes. worst mistake you can make is not being prepared for that. And then making somebody feel like, you know, you just can't yes. do it because it's them. Like I think that's because terrible. something's wrong
1: with your hair.
0: Not it's, that exactly.
1: Not my skill set has, is not evolved enough. Not I haven't taken enough classes or practiced enough. Oh, I don't do your type of hair. And it's, it's horrible. It's very embarrassing to me, the stories that come out in the media about um, generally black and brown actresses who show up to sex and they're told, oh, the hairstylist can't do your hair or the hairstylist ruins their hair. I'm not talking an ugly hairstyle. I'm talking burned out, ruin their hair. And I'm like, these are such sought after positions that hairstylists work their whole career to get to and to allow stylists who do not have the skill to take care of all hair textures to be in this position, it's crazy to me. And yeah. um, another thing, another way I like to challenge hairstylists when they say, oh, I don't know how to do that hair, that curly hair or that kinky, coily hair. Um, I do basically, you know, straight hair. And I always say, hmm, interesting. How are your skills when extraordinarily coarse, stereotypically, Asian hair, you know, that, that hair that is so straight, so thick and so coarse that to get beach waves, you got to use a pencil curler and a prayer. (laughs) And I find that a lot of hairstylists can't do that hair either. So I'm like, okay, so the bottom line is you do hair. That's like your own, you know, it's not, you do straight hair. You get what I'm saying? You do hair that's similar to your own because that's what you find pretty. And that's all you want to work with not acceptable. Don't be a hair enthusiast when you're able to be a hair stylist. That means you can do everybody's hair, you know, an enthusiast can do hair similar to their own.
0: So my question would be like, what would you recommend for a stylist who is comfortable in their comfort zone right now? Because that's basically what it is. We're in our comfort zone. And I, you know, I've been there, you know what I mean? I yeah. specialized in blonde hair, um, uh, color corrections and stuff like that. But like m- where I live, my clientele is A certain type of hair texture when another type of hair texture comes in when wavy or super not even wavy when super coarse um, curly texture comes in i can do it i just don't see it a lot do i get stressed Mm -hmm. of course because we don't want to go in and damage anybody's hair or do anything the wrong way but what would you recommend are there any classes are there any is there anything you would recommend for somebody who's just like listening to what you're saying right now and they're like well wait I didn't know this. Like I need to, I need to expand my skill sets more. Like what would you, what would you tell them the steps would be to get their, get their life together? Like some actionable steps to get their skills to where they need to be.
1: Okay. So some actionable steps. Um First off, seek out beauty and other hair textures. Truth be told, a lot of times when hairstylists only do one particular type of hair, they are not, looking at other hair textures and they don't see the beauty in it so they don't invest their time in even consuming it to know what looks good and what doesn't and um you know I just opened a brand new Instagram account for the texture style awards so we'll We'll come back to that, but I use this for an example because I came in to that account and I literally only follow hair stuff. And I'm I'm going to be honest. I see so many accounts on that account that I've never seen on my Monet Artistry account. So many hair professionals, so many hair inspiration images, and somewhere along the line, social media decided I just don't need to see that. So start searching different hashtags, start following different hair artists, start looking at different hair shows, check out different hair-based magazines, Um, you know, like a Hype Hair, that's a um, predominantly black magazine. Look at stuff like that, that probably never came into your purview, Sedaya black beauty guide. Um, Also look at the European magazines, Look at African magazines. Check out Asian magazines and Asian modeling agencies. You don't have to be able to understand the language to look at the beauty, beautiful imagery. You get what I'm saying? Just literally expand your knowledge just a bit. Look at free videos on YouTube. Like I said, I have a couple hundred under Monet Artistry.
0: Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about YouTube, too, because you said you have a couple hundred videos. How did you get into YouTube? And was that because I I would love to even talk about like how you You got to where you were as far as going from like, you know, you said that you were in New York, you were doing, um, you were working for a salon, but you lost your job. But like, how did you get, was it Instagram? Was it YouTube? Like...
1: No, so I lost my job and all of that in Northern Virginia before I moved to New York. So after God took everything away from me, I, I stayed in that area for about another year trying to make it work. And then I, I finally made the move
0: to New York. And you moved and, to New York. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, just had to stay hard headed for a while. I'm like, God was up there smacking his head like, oh my God, how much more do I have to take from you, girl? <laughs> Sheesh. Um, so... I was doing YouTube at home in the bathroom in Northern Virginia, and I just thought it was fun, and I thought it was a fun interaction because I do enjoy radio and TV and public speaking, and um, people don't realize, but YouTube did start until 2005, so I think I jumped on in like 2008, 2009, and my reason was there were a plethora of... Um, beauty influencers who were jumping on YouTube and specifically leading people in their transition from um, straightened hair into curly hair or straightened hair into naturally um, kinky, coily hair. And I was very aware that they were doing it because a lot of hairstylists were apprehensive about it. They wanted to keep their clients chemically straightened because we know as a hairstylist, if you want to keep a client's loyalty, um, keep them chemically bound to you. So a lot of hairstylists at the time just were not supporting these changes. So I thought it was really important to have a professional hairstylist on YouTube giving real information. And I would do a lot of styling tutorials because I'm very much an advocate of having um, clients go to the salons for chemical services and haircuts. But I also realized we were getting to a point in the society where clients needed to see, well, how should the chemical service be done? Not necessarily, how do I do it on myself? But uh, how do I know the difference between if my hairstylist is doing this properly or not? Like I would always say, I'm I'm not a hair Nazi. So for example, there are still a lot of clients who like to chemically relax their hair. So you'll go on there and you'll see that I have a video showing how a chemical relaxer should be applied by your hairstylist. Because if they don't know and they go to somebody who starts at the front of their hair and takes it from root to tip, they don't know. Um, what else did I do? I showed like Brazilian blowouts. People didn't have any idea of what that should look like or what hair textures could get it. So I did Brazilian blowouts or a few different textures. I did multiple different versions of hair extensions because clients, this is why you saw so many clients who looked bad and had bad hair extensions. They're not hairstylists. So they just showed up at the local salon and were like, Hey, you're supposed to be good at this. Put fake hair in my head. And they walked out looking crazy because they didn't know what to ask for. And what led me to jump on YouTube was I had a um, boyfriend at the time who was having knee surgery. And he would go on YouTube to watch knee surgeries. And I just was dumbfounded by that because a lot of hairstylists said, well, we're not going to get on YouTube because we don't want to show them all our secrets. And I'm like, no part of him said he was going to do his own knee surgery. You know, he just... He wanted to know what it would be like. So I said, well, there's got to be clients who want to know what it would, how their hair service should go. And, you know, so I I, I did that for um, some years and I still throw videos up every now and again, but my focus is now more on professional education. So I have the Monet Life Academy, which is the MonetLife.com, where I have online classes, on different hair textures, straight hair, curly hair, uh, wavy hair, kinky, coily hair, and um, I do a lot of online teaching there. I have multiple different classes. I have my book, Get Out of Your Own Way. I have um, a lot of different things to help you steer your career in the right direction. It's Amazing. yeah, it's mainly focused for hairstylists there.
0: Yeah, I got now. So now I got that up. Right, I'm looking at and okay. So now going back to when you were saying what what we were talking about, like how can you talk somebody like me even because like you know I focused on a certain I uh, certain color correction. Do you know what I mean? And I will take whatever comes in my chair. I can do, I can do any texture, but if I were ever put, I mean I don't know if I'd ever want to do styling though because I get so stressed out, Monet. I can't. I could never do what you do. <laughs>
1: Oh well, you know, I'm an American board certified hair colorist. When I first started, I thought that that would so be you're where my... so well-versed. It's amazing. Well, thank you. But I appreciate that. But another thing that I didn't understand, I really thought if I become an American board certified hair colorist, this will help me to get to where I want to be with doing runway shows and doing celebrity work. The two are not connected at all. And I, I just didn't know that. So I spent my year focusing on becoming an American board certified hair colorist only to find out you don't color hair on set, no. you know, just, but celebrities do get their hair colored, of <laughs> course, but they go to that person in a salon. But I knew early on in life that for me personally, um, working in a salon was not where I wanted to be. So I had to make that choice. If, like I said, it was like, when you sign up for a race and you run in the wrong direction, like yeah. I wanted to be a stylist on set and I took a year to focus on being a colorist. Am I happy that I'm well It Yes. Did that help me become a celebrity stylist? No. no. Oh, I get <laughs> you no.
0: Know? Yeah. Okay. So before we were talking about, you know, finding the beauty in all texture. Yes. And I think that it's undoubtedly, undoubtedly certain there's beauty in all textures. Like I love curly hair. Um, now, the next step for somebody who would want to do this, I mean, you have so much to offer. Just you, like you have so many classes to offer. So that's amazing. So you would recommend find the beauty in it. and I, I mean, I would say practice and take models and and really try, you know, because you, you never want to make somebody feel that way.
1: Exactly, exactly. And um, not only do you not want to make somebody feel less than, you don't know what it's like for us. For anyone coming into your salon, you do not know if they saved up their last to be able to come in the salon and do something to make themselves feel beautiful. And for you to sit there, oh, I can't do this hair. Oh, no, this hair doesn't work for me. And you need to go somewhere else. You don't know how damaging that can be. And on a whole other note, I always say to people, the... um, Academy Award nominations just came out. Have you ever noticed that there is never anyone nominated who looks like their hair looks crazy in the nominations in that film? Having an actress or an entertainer's hair or makeup not look good literally stops them from taking next steps in their careers. It is not just about the hairstylist not being able to do it. It is unfair to have so many Latin and Black um, actresses who outside of their 12 to 16 hour day on set have to wake up three hours earlier to have their hair and makeup done by someone else out of pocket to go to a set. You get what I'm saying? And still all of these hours. So they're, they're generally Black women make less in the entertainment field. Then they have to spend more on their hair and makeup because of in the long term, they know if they don't look good, their roles are stopped. They are literally typecasted. If they don't look good on set, it can stop them from getting other, not just awards, but other roles because so few people in... Um, powerful, powerful positions, understand black beauty. If they look at someone and she doesn't look good, that's kind of the end. They're not saying I can see past this horrible hairstyle. I can see past this um, really pale makeup on you. And I think you would be great hair. They're looking at them and saying, okay, you're not pretty next.
0: Yeah, no one's thinking about that. Yeah. People aren't thinking about those challenges. Mm -hmm. That didn't even cross my mind. Because I'm not in your, like, I don't see it the way that you see it. And it's amazing that you're talking about it because, like, you never even think of something like that. You just think, like, oh, the Oscars. And, like, for me, I'm, like, even worse than that. I don't even turn on the TV. Like, I'm like, (laughs) do you know? So it's just like these things are happening and happening and happening and happening and happening. And, like, nobody's talking about it. So thank you for talking about it, especially here.
1: No problem. I worked with a very well known. Black actress very like I think if I said her name the majority of the people listening to your podcast would have a reference of her and I've known of her for many years and this was probably the first like I had heard about these issues and this happened only two or three years ago I had bookings with her at like 4 a.m and okay you know maybe you have an early morning show to go to and I did not realize because she was being really tight-lipped about where she was going And it's not a requirement for them to tell me. When you take a client in the salon, they're not required to tell you their life. Mm -hmm. I didn't know until like the third day working with her that she was on a celebrity cooking show and they had done a really bad job on her hair and makeup. So she was hiring us to come at 4 a.m. So that she could be on set at 6 30 a.m. with her hair and makeup already done. And she couldn't even show up after everybody else had their hair and makeup done, like to align the times, she had to be there when everybody else got on set and sat there for three hours while everybody else got their hair and their makeup done.
0: That's wild, um, old Monet. And not
1: complain. And her assigned hair and makeup artist, she said she just, she had to force herself to allow them to powder her. And she asked me what products for hair to allow them to like lightly touch up because she said, Um, They were union hairstylists and if she complained it would be a problem against her she would be seen as um, being um, difficult to work with. So if she did not basically um, um, acquiesce to them and make their job easier. It would be a problem where they were unprepared to do her. And to be clear, she found out she didn't assume they were unprepared when she went in for the test. They did a horrible job, so much so it became a big production. Meaning, about how do we make her look good? I I don't know what's going on. I thought she was a beautiful woman. She doesn't look good here.
0: That's like so, crazy. Oh my god! How absolutely awful. crazy! Absolutely
1: crazy! And this was a big big. I deal can't for imagine hers. being that woman yeah exactly. It was a big deal to her. but as black women, we learn, you can't complain about things. it's It's okay. How are you going to fix it because no one's coming to save you. She wanted to do the show. She paid out of pocket. she woke up hours earlier. she was she said a lot of days she wasn't even getting off of the set until nine pm and we're showing up at her hotel at four am.
0: Yeah, that's not
1: okay. Yeah really tough stuff. And this industry can be awesome. It can be amazing. There are far more ups than downs. And I always say, there's just so many things I didn't even know. I had no idea these challenges existed and they became more and more um, prevalent and put in my face. Like I have done so many, I've done like 20 seasons of uh, New York Fashion Week and oh my God, so many things from finding out black artists were not being paid. Um, a lot of artists are not paid, but specifically finding out on some shows, some artists are paid and others are not, or finding out that when at the beginning of the show, a lot of times you, no one has met the models. No one knows the look, the lead hairstylist says, okay, this is what the look is going to be. And they start breaking up people into teams. Raise your hand. If you're comfortable with the blow dry, everybody's hand goes up, raise your hand. If you're Comfortable with doing a really sleek ponytail. Everybody's hands go up. Raise your hand if you're comfortable with um, doing braids. Less hands go up. Raise your hand if you're comfortable with styling curly hair or kinky, coily hair. Only a few hands are up. So what would happen many times is you are only assigned to work with the Black girls. And the Black girls with kinky, coily hair, while everyone else can do everything else. So rather than it being um an award, yeah, you can do everything. It's go over there to the black girl corner and only deal with this stuff that no one else wants to deal with.
0: Yeah, that's not okay. Yeah, and it's it's I feel like if you're going to be in those positions, your skills should be magnified. Your skills should be not magnified. T- not not ma- yeah. not magnified. You know what I mean? Your skills should be like diverse. This is not my- diverse, yeah we're saying the same exact
1: thing. I had no comprehension that hairstylists could work at that level. And that would be the norm, their unwillingness to do this because it's an unwillingness uh, for the reason that there are so many resources. There's so many um, educators out here. There's so many virtual platforms. Like I said, the Monet life, you can um, watch classes. Whenever you'd like on your own schedule, and now especially during the year of COVID, there's so many other educators breaking it down for you. You don't have to say, "Okay, well, let me just stay like this because this is what works for me." It's it's no longer popular and acceptable to um, not have a diverse skill set.
0: Yeah, totally. Now, tell me about the Texture Style Awards. I'm judging. Yay! Texture style awards! Probably by the time this comes out, it'll be a little further away, but I want to talk about it and talk about, or not further away. Like, this is coming out a little bit later, but, you know, I know I see what you're doing. I want everybody to know what you're doing and to, to hopefully get involved.
1: Yeah, so we just extended the um, entry application to April 30th. Oh, Beautiful. So- Yes, the the sooner folks find out the better. So the texture style awards came about because so many people jump in my DM saying, how do you do what you do? And then I am dealing with the concerns and issues we were talking about, about so many hairstylists not knowing how to do all hair textures. And then on top of that, I know it stems from not celebrating all four hair textures. So I sat and I thought about how do I come up with a way to celebrate all four hair textures celebrate the hairstylists that know how to do it, educate the hairstylists who are struggling in confidence um, with it, and make it fun and make it competitive because you know, hairstylists, we got egos. So you always gotta play to our ego. And I decided to um, create the texture style awards. And what you do is you create an image of your work and you enter it into any of the four categories. The categories are very, very simple. Straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and kinky, coily hair. Texture style awards is not um, a PC way of saying black hair. We want all four textures. Straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and kinky, coily hair. Your entry can be um, updo, down style. It doesn't matter. All we request is that it is on a clean and clear background of any color. You do not need a professional photographer by all means when you are finished with your client or your model have them stand up in front of a blank wall and take a picture on your smartphone we'd love it if you also uploaded a photo of you styling the hair um, and the reason for that is the prizes are just out of this world not only will the winners be covered in modern salon hair brain, a shoe, and the tees and you know These type of publications always want to really focus on the artist. So if you can have a photo of you um, creating the style, that would be awesome. Um, The other prizes include sponsorship, It's sponsored by the Wella Company and from Professional and Babyless Pro. So you're going to um, win a huge gift kit of all types of products and tools for your kid. Um, Products like um, from Sebastian, Cadiz. Um, GHD, Nioxin, and all of that other great stuff from the Wella company. So products and tools you can use in your salon, combs, brushes, um, color combs, color bowls, color capes from From Professional, and a classic blow dryer from Babyliss Pro. All of this is included for the winners, as well as a one-on-one training from a Wella brand ambassador.
0: That's incredible. Amazing.
1: Thank you. So you're going to get tons of coverage and this will help you to focus your career where you want it to go. Do you want more clients in your chair at the salon? Wonderful. Get these press features. Do you want to be a traveling bridal stylist? The way to catapult your career are these press features. You want to do what I do? You want to do runway shows? You want to do theater? You want to work with celebrities? Here's the part no one tells you. You got to get featured in the press. Press features on deck for the winners.
0: That's amazing. Wow, you're doing so much, Monet, and it's really beautiful. Like, it's just really awesome to just watch you kill it.
1: Thank you, thank you. And like... I was so blessed to have such great judges. I have a panel of just under 20 judges, and it's a vast panel for the reason that I've heard other complaints about other um, beauty awards shows. And the main complaints that I hear are that um, hairstylists think it's politically motivated, like, oh, that stylist won because they know somebody. That stylist won because they work together. No. With almost 20 judges, you cannot throw this competition. I, it's just not you possible. Can't. No, And I'm making sure you're getting your work in front of industry insiders, industry professionals. We have judges that are um, respected salon owners like yourself, Miss Gina, Bianca. We have celebrity hairstylists like Ursula Steven. We have, um, Amon Carver who represents Lanza and Alta. We have representatives from the Wella Company like Brianna Sinceros. We have, um, Stephen Moody. We have Color King. We have Diane Stevens. We have Kia Neal, um, from Textures Versus Race. We have, um, I love her. She is so awesome. We have Rashia Burrell, who is a, um, a salon coach. We have Nina J. I'm sorry. We have Nina Tulio and Jay Latner who hosts a wonderful podcast as well. And they're great, respected hairstylists from Ola Glow. I mean, we have representatives from, from, we have so many people. And I think what entrants are not understanding is we're helping you to get your work in front of, you know, the industry insiders, the powers that be with, this is going to be awesome. So the first round, Is judged by our esteemed judges. And the second round is going to be open to the public.
0: That's amazing. This is
1: going to be fantastic. And I keep harping on, you don't need a professional photographer. You don't even need to be licensed. And here's my reason for this. If you do what I do, which is working on sets and you're not in the union, you don't have to be licensed to only style hair. You have to be licensed to cut and color hair. I am a licensed stylist in multiple states, but I do recognize the law does not require everyone to be licensed. And I also want to um, welcome cosmetology students into the competition. And people say, well, why would you allow cosmetology students? I'm like, first off, you can learn from everybody. A lot of these cosmetology students are exceptionally talented. And, um, you know, I say to the veterans, if you don't feel like they should be in the competition, step up your game. Never let it." Never let a freshman take your spot. How about that?
0: Exactly. No, totally. I love it. I think it's so awesome. Thank you so much, Monet. Now, what else? Is there anything else you're working on that you'd like to share with my audience? You know, I think I've shared a lot. I I don't want to draw it
1: on too many different places. And um, if you're interested in the Texture Style Awards, and we really would love to have you, we'd love to have you to catapult your career. Head over to texturestyleawards.com texturestyleawards.com and you'll find everything about the texture style awards at texturestyleawards.com simple um, entry it's only $10 per category if you enter all four categories 35 I wanted to make it crazy accessible because it's the inaugural awards it's not cheap by any way just accessible tell all your beauty buddies to enter this is the time to uh, use your skills to to take you elsewhere don't sit back and say oh I wish I could work with celebrities I wish I could get my work published how come no one's paying any attention to me I'm paying attention I'm listening to your requests. I'm focusing on getting you the recognition that you deserve and the opportunity is there at texturestyleawards.com
0: I love it. And you know, if you don't know how to do it, if you don't know how to service all of these textures, you have the opportunity to learn. And I think I love just how you shared throughout this entire episode that the people who do get those opportunities need to be prepared and they need to put their get their skills elevated. So it's just great that you're providing so much education and such a, a place for them to do it. So thank you so much, Mona. You're elevating the beauty industry. You're amazing.
1: I am trying, yeah. And I offered um, the free texture education series. We've done those classes twice where I taught how to style um, all four hair textures. So look out, I may do that again, look out. If you wanna be up to date on any of my free hair classes, text the word hair, like the hair that we style to 33777. So you'll text the word hair to 33777. And that way you'll always stay in the loop and get a text notification whenever I'm doing any of my free classes.
0: That's amazing. Monet, thank you so much for making the time. I'm so grateful. You are so busy, but you made the time for me. Thank you so much. I love you so much. It's been great to get to know you. And I can't wait for the Texture Style Awards. I'm going to make sure this gets edited and uploaded ASAP so everybody can find out about it. And again, I'm so grateful to be a part of it. And thank you so much for making the time for the podcast
1: my God, thank you for having me. You're such an inspiration and to have other hair industry uh, inspirations to respect my work is just a blessing.
0: Absolutely. Why not? Why wouldn't I respect it? It's absolutely incredible. I'm like on your website, like, wow, shook at everything that you do. You're amazing, Monet. And thank you for everything you're doing for the industry.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.